Alexander recently asked me if I would consider putting into words what this work has meant for me. Out of all of the mind-blowing experiences I comb through, there is one that stands out for me above all others. One that has dramatically shifted my life, my path, my goals. One revelation that I can point to where I feel I made a choice to step into consciousness and into my power and back on my life path towards a goal that I always knew in some way internally, but only just self-actualized. This, of course, deals with how I look at, prioritize, and interact with relationships. My intention for this episode was to take a more general approach on maintaining our focus and energy toward goals or intentions, but relationships became the main theme, and so we'll trust that this was for the best of everyone listening. My recent request to you all has yielded doubling of our reviews and ratings, so gratitude is in store for you all. Thank you very much. Keep sharing our episodes when you feel called, and the world will continue to grow as we all do. My beautiful people, open your mind and unwind. Let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility today I wanted to discuss kind of like my turning point in learning all of this work and the the one big like bomb that has hit me uh, in the head and in the heart and has uh, been responsible for like my major transformation internally. And of course I have the work to thank for this. It revolves around intention and priorities. And I've tried to explain this, I think on a past podcast, but I, I can't stress enough how important just realizing how to consciously make something a priority in my life because I want it and mm-hmm. I intend, you know, I have an intention set to to reach that goal. It, it's been like a light switch and just taking, I feel like it's also me stepping into my power and saying, this is where I want to go with my life mm-hmm. and I'm going to put my energy towards that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd hesitate to say stop at nothing because that's getting into willpower, but... Yeah because I'm not I'm not in that masculine willpower like charging forward and nothing's going to stop me it's more or less like a consistent a energy, consistent energy yes. and just keep building it and building it and learning lessons along the way to refine my journey going towards my ultimate intention but making it a top priority nonetheless yeah and I think this is why many people start off with a so-called good intention or good plan and it is authentic but then challenges, uh, people change their mind as they go down the path a little bit. Many different things that I think we're going to talk about today of what does exactly knock us off of our, um, our path or our passion. I wanted to bring this subject up in a more of a general way so we can kind of create sort of like a template. So no matter what somebody's intention is, we can kind of show them a way to make it a priority so that they can build their energy into making their goals become their reality. Yes, and you know we're also going to share along the way that each priority you know, uh, may carry a cost. Most everything does, and that's the point of, of looking at the priorities and how you're relating them to them as you're moving forward uh, by the, the ripples the negative ripples or the cost that uh, each one of these priorities are, are uh, creating. And this is really in relation with other people. So we're always looking from it from a personal and a collective uh, standpoint kind of simultaneously. 
and before I go in and I share what my priority has been and in my experience throughout my life and what has led me to this priority, I did want to repeat something that you said, I think in the last podcast, but also in our last live stream, which was only the conscious have choice. Mm. And that I feel like is true. And that is a great way of saying what I've currently experienced, which is when I finally stepped in and, and took a conscious approach to where my energy was going, I was finally able to see results and, yes. and headway on my journey towards this. Yes, and of course, uh, we're not going to get into all the different meanings of uh, consciousness. It's really a saying to to just really grab that attention, that if you want to truly feel like you're standing in your power and you truly have choice in this world, then it is through uh, seeing, A, the limitations of that, how we're constantly being influenced with every sense in our body, through, uh, through media, through foods, through smells, through many, many different things, and why the gaining of consciousness is understanding from my perception how we relate uh, to the earth, to the atmosphere, to everything that's been created here, and how we relate to that, not necessarily dominate it or be dominated by it, but relate to it. And that's what all our tools in this philosophy focuses on, is just kind of how we fit in this whole plan rather than how we're going to make it be. And we could also say that when you're talking about only the conscious have choice, we're also mainly, if you know, if there are multiple definitions of consciousness or conscious, we're, we're also talking about awareness too, right? Yeah, yeah okay. and, and awareness is, you know, the first step. You, you start to realize that things aren't, you know, what, you've been taught that they were similar to whether it's Santa Claus or the Easter bunny. See, it starts off really innocent, so to say, but whatever is exhibited when we're children is exhibited to a higher level when we're adults. And so the different governments uh, look at it very similarly to how they manage their uh, people to how parents justify lying to their kids about, you know, a Santa Claus or Easter Bunny or something like that. So this doesn't have to invoke anger or any necessarily resistance. I happen to feel that consciousness is the new rebel. It's the new, it's the new drug. It's the, it's the new way to be different from, uh, from our parents, from the lineages that we've been through. And that's through once again, seeing how we relate, how the planets affect us, how our choice of food affects us, how our choice and quality of sleep, our relationships, uh, what we're putting into our brains through our visuals, through the media. All of these different, we talk about the five levels over and over, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual so we're always dancing in all five of these levels in this work and this awareness that Aaron is talking about is being aware on all five of these levels at kind of the same time and being able to check in at any time. That is a level of consciousness that most people don't carry because they may be just stuck in one or two. Maybe the mental and the physical is what our culture is typically stuck in. And the emotional and energetic and spiritual are, are having drastic effects on the mental and physical. And so, so we really enjoy bringing all of those uh, different parts together. So awareness of the subtle energy that's yes. around us. Yeah. And, and not only the subtle energy, not only the subtle energy that's around us, uh, ourselves, but uh, once again, how we relate to other people and different people and different situations and environments. So it is that I just want to expand that it is more than just an internal awareness. It's an external awareness uh, simultaneously. So in sharing my experience and in my journey through this work, I was able to become aware of how unconscious I have been in my past relationships mm. and the roles I've played in, I'm going to say in their detriment, but then I feel like I'm also judging the relationship as not being successful, but in a way it has been because it's gotten me here and, and I've realized it 
and learned a lot throughout the past. Right. So once again, uh, a failure is opportunity to, to grow. And, and that's what we support in this. And that was a good explanation of that is that you can look back and see that, yes, how you acted or reacted was in detriment of the relationship. But now looking at it as a whole, you see how it has benefited you to grow. And that's just a great example of how we release people from their roles in the past and we don't have to carry on the anger or the judgment. And the key is what is learned. And when we can always leave any situation, whether it's by choice or not, and be able to be clear in what we learn from it, it assists the healing so much. So my relationships had sort of like a cyclical nature to them where there would be a lot of like passion up front. I'm an Aries, you know, that's kind of how, what we do up front, but then it would kind of burn out and I would go back to my typical of like my own life being creative in my work. And it wasn't until we discussed uh, creativity and around the second chakra and how creativity and sexual energy are kind of one and the same and, you know, come mm-hmm. from the same chakra. And that conversation allowed me to become aware of where my energy was going and how it was being divvied up and how it was being sent all to my creative work where I was just getting stuck mm-hmm. in my creative work and not wanting to you know, remove myself from it. Well, I also want to bring in the third part of that, and that is worry energy. So sexual energy, creative energy, and worry energy are energies that are being distributed is is kind of very similar energy being distributed three different ways. And so, yes, sometimes when we focusing on our creativity, um, there can be like worry and concern caught in that, especially if it's finances connected to it. And then that can really just uh, create the void, as you hear me talk about often, that anywhere where there's a focus of energy or attention, then it creates, a, it has to create a void somewhere else on this plane of polarity. Yeah. So essentially not balanced, not yes. a balanced way of, of going about and utilizing my energy. So upon realizing this, I was able to understand that I had to be more aware of where my energy was going. I had to bring in that creativity, even though it was serving me in that avenue, I was being very creative. But if I wanted to rebalance, I had to pull that back. Mm -hmm. And my relationships, the cyclical nature of them would just, they would turn into like friendships at the end. Right. And so I realized that this was a major reason why this was happening. So if I wanted to have a priority, establish a priority or, or have an intention of having a better relationship, a relationship where I was aware of my energy throughout the whole thing so I could maintain that balance and give mm-hmm. in that in that relationship so that I could receive back. Because mm-hmm. when you stop giving, you can't demand that you receive. Right. And I think right. that's that's a big misunderstanding sometimes where somebody will feel like something's off and just because they're pointing to a place where they're not receiving, they should essentially look at where they're not giving first, right? Yeah, yeah that would be uh, very wise that any time that, yes, we don't feel like we're receiving, maybe we need to look at where we're giving. And, um, and that's normally projected just the opposite. Uh, and that's why the, it's a communication breakdown. So, so, yes, everything that you're mentioning is, is what you have put in, in action uh, from basically a conscious communication uh, standpoint and the foundations of that, yeah. So in hearing you t- uh, talk about your relationship with Sherry and how awesome the partnership was and how reciprocal the energy was, that kind of really resonated with me. And I was like, man, I, I kind of like that idea. And I've never understood like what kind of relationship I've ever wanted in my life. I've never given thought to that, but I really resonated with that. And so for the first time I had a goal or an intention of where I wanted or what type of relationship I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking at what I was doing or not doing to go towards that direction or the other way. Right, right. And that was when I made an intention and I realized that it all came down to what was I making a priority in my life? Was it my, my creative pursuit pursuits yeah. or was it a relationship? And just asking myself that question and actually being serious now, mm-hmm. you know, because Seeing we can it at a different level. Yeah, because we can ponder these things. And I know like I come from like the conspiracy realm and where we ponder all these things or I can take 
you know, different perspectives on and just sit with them. But this was putting my flag in the ground and being like, I'm not messing around anymore. This is something that I want to experience in my life before I die. Mm-hmm. And it, so it also goes down to when you ask me that question, it's like every time you ask me something in that space, because you've also asked me, you know, what kind of relationship do you want now? It it allows me to go internal and plant my flag in the ground even deeper each time mm-hmm. and and just reestablishing that priority of what I want. And I know that it's not going to happen overnight and I'm gonna, probably going to have to go through several reiterations of uh, learning all of this work from this new perspective with this new priority and then utilizing it in different types of relationships and learning more and learning more because, of course, it's going to take time and experience to utilize this knowledge to turn it into wisdom and so eventually hopefully hopefully that wisdom will yield uh, a strong enough vibration to attract you know what my yes and and part of that is. journey is seeing how we are being supported to be in relationship and this is where you know the uh, human design and the card systems that we use to help people with uh, understand their energetic makeup, personality makeup through their birth information is is very important because once again it's not always about what just what we want. It it's when what we want aligns with what the universe is supporting or that divine energy is supporting and then it can seem like things happen almost effortlessly or very consistently. But if we want something that's outside of alignment of what's being supported, it's very similar, like energetically, planetarily. It's very similar as when you were a kid and you wanted something very badly, but your parents weren't in approval of it. It really didn't matter. The level that you wanted it just equated to your level of suffering because they were either going to allow it or not. So I'm constantly relating you know, consciousness to childhood. I do feel that it's exhibited in both and that any time that we're struggling as a so-called adult, if we take the time to look and see how, how were the rules like when I was a child and how was it when I got angry at my parents, you know, and it's very similar when people get angry at life or at God or the divine or whatever they want to label that as because something didn't work out to their preference. And believe me, I've been guilty of that. I lost, as as Aaron was talking about, Sherry, partner of 11 years, and the boys, my two stepsons, their mother, you know, 12 years ago to cancer. But that relationship is what I started developing all of this philosophy around. And when I changed my focus from external goals to understanding relationships and now that is my life and that's what I work with people with but I had to go through the pain of losing that uh, in my track and then with that set up it sets up a 13-year cycle through uh, my information that I go through an experimentation in relationships and it's called a three of hearts uh, card And so, see, no matter how much I want a certain level of a relationship, the universe is supporting a time of me to learn. And many times learning happens through loss. And so, so see, our happiness or contentment may really rely on how much we're in true harmony with what life is supporting. And that's really a quite different view than most people carry but when you're seeking consciousness when you're seeking growth when you're seeking to realize that attachment is what creates all suffering you can still be part of this plane and part of this earth and part of this culture but not be consumed by it and that's the beauty of seeing all of this from a much deeper perspective and just yeah getting clear setting these so-called priorities is like a practice in discernment And many people, especially conspiracy people or even spiritual people, religious people, they um, they can be cautious in how they discern because they don't want to make the wrong decision. Uh, So they can be very opinionated, but very not very action oriented. 
but they can talk about it a lot because many times people know they need to do what is challenging. And that's why it's called discipline. And I think that that is something that, that you're really grabbing onto is you're used to being inspired. You're used to being like having this rush of energy, but then how to maintain it, how to not so-called sin and get off track. Here we get into, uh, you know, another possible subject. So let's let's uh, pause for a moment and go into the the term sin in in a self development sort of perspective. This is important, not a religious perspective, but from a self development perspective. Because I was confused being raised in uh, the church environment. I was raised primitive Baptist, actually, and I'd like to get your take on this. But sin was one of the biggest. Uh, most complex subjects for me that nobody could seem to explain to my satisfaction through all the years of me going to church. And I mean, was that a big hiccup for you or was that something that, that you kind of got through your um, religious experience? Yeah. I mean, it was mainly from being brought up Catholic, but I just remember being so confused at what they were labeling sin and what wasn't. And I remember my dad would always get so upset when the Pope would allow Catholics to eat meat on St. Patrick's Day because he wanted the the corned beef and hash. (laughs) But like any other day, it was a sin, you know, it was labeled as a sin. Yeah, yeah. And and so so I started kind of being more open-minded of how I looked at that term because I always felt like there was something there. Like if I could get it. And then in my late 20s, I got introduced uh, to this gentleman shared with me that what if sin is just anything that takes you off your path? And when he just said that to me, it was like everything clicked. And so the difference between intention and plans or expectations is you set an intention and then you turn the power over of whether it's for the highest good to work out. And you just show up every day to keep the energy going consistent. So when you're able to just set an intention and then put consistent energy into it, then you can, if you pay attention, you can tell whether it seems to be being supported or not. And you can make adjustments as you go through this. And to me, this is working with life, not dominating life, but working with it. And seeing that, okay, I may need to pause or I may need to take a slight turn here differently than my original vision. But that's the beauty of intention is it's flexible. It's flexible. And when I realized that that for me fit, that sin is anything that takes you off your path and understanding that this is the plane of polarity, uh, it takes friction to grow on this plane in every area and it takes a positive and negative charge for that to happen. That, you know, you're going to uh, come to situations that challenge you with your intention. That's to help fuel you to keep the energy going. But if you allow that to knock you off your path, and this happens many times, it will dissipate the energy completely. And it can knock somebody off, and then they're, they're very unhappy. Their attitude and mood goes down very quickly. And so... It's important here to realize that when you are assessing whether the universe is supporting you or not, that doesn't mean whether things are easy or not. Because remember, you get stronger physically by exercising and straining your muscles. And so we have to remember that some resistance is useful to smile at it and say, ah, you're trying to knock me off. You're trying to take my attention away from my uh, direction. And sometimes it's a very easy, thank you, but I'm not interested and I'm going to stay focused and you just keep on going. And sometimes it's something that's a big enough roadblock that may take a few days to overcome. But the main thing to do is to constantly check in of, is this important enough For me to have these patients to, hey, maybe give it a few more days. I was looking to be at this certain point by now, but it's not, so I'm going to take a break. I just did that. I just took a couple of days off uh, for really no reason. I've got plenty of work that I need to be doing. 
but it felt like just a good time for a lull for me, almost like a resetting. And I did it, and I don't have to ask anyone's approval of that, but I still have old programming that wants to pop up from my parents judging that or from friends and associates. And so sometimes the most productive thing is to do nothing. And then sometimes that uh, is laziness and you are avoiding doing something. So this is why being honest with ourselves is so, so important. And anytime that you can have somebody on your team that you can go to, that you can trust them to be straight up with you, that's what I call a true friend, somebody that's not always going to tell you what you want to hear and always going to be on your side, but going to give you their their clear, non-biased view And I feel like that's very important uh, for us to have and why relating is so important. So I'm going to tie in a bunch of stuff (laughs) that we talked about or that you talked about recently with sin and maybe even bring in something uh, from a previous episode that you've discussed. So you said that sin could be considered anything that takes you off your life path. And when something takes us off our life path, usually there's a cost. Yes. Right. And so you've talked about something one of your previous teachers has mentioned where the view of fate is, you know, you're going or, or your your life path would be like if it was a straight line, we can venture off at any moment we want. But there are certain points along that life path that we have to snap back. And so we could say that kind of sin is what takes us off that path and the cost is what snaps us back. Or possibly that consciousness is what uh, leads us back. And so, so yeah, possibly a more clear way to say that is that when we are challenged with the understanding of whether thing life is faded or there's free will, many people, that's a big challenge to see which team to get on. And I happen to feel that it's both. And that was what, you know, this teacher did share with me that there is times along the path to where we have more so-called free will and leeway to kind of veer off, go in different directions. But then there are certain points of our lives, whether these are traumas or tragedies or whatever awakenings that we kind of have to go through to, to finish what we are here to do. And all of that resides in how we process all of this experience so that's why being successful is, doesn't always look like you're being completely supported. That's why perseverance is so important. And every great way shower that I, that I bring up uh, personally in this uh, podcast has that perseverance. That's the one thing that they have working against the energies that are working against them, but not having to take it negatively, not having to be forceful but accepting it of, oh, here I am, the North Pole, and I'm just accepting that there's a South Pole. And and we don't have the same job here, uh, but we have to work together uh, so that all of this creation can exist. And so that's the way that I help people, you know, and suggest people to get out of their preferences. It's okay to set up a, an intention of somewhere that you would like to be or some goal that you would like to maintain or or, or gain But the path is what's important. And when we approach that path in a more conscious way, sometimes we can be redirected uh, for what's for our highest good much uh, more in alignment than what we want. And, you know, I started out wanting to be a rock and roll musician in my 20s, and I'm so glad that that didn't happen, even though I got the record deals and the European tours and those types of things that – that my want was taking me in a direction that was just what I knew. It was very limited. And I wouldn't have gotten near out of that of what I get out of the work that I do now. I still perform music, play music, record music, do sound journeys, but it's more of an intentional and meditative and healing from perspective and uh, sharing this information on these platforms. And so just realize that it's important, especially young people, to realize that what you are looking for and think that you want will morph and change as you work towards it. So leaning into enjoying the journey, setting the intentions, gaining consciousness of how you're being supported in that direction, and then working with all of those elements, I think is kind of what we're trying to break down uh, in today's podcast. 
So you mentioned the, at least it, I took it as a visual, where you're talking about the parents and having like structure and boundaries and rules about what you can't do, and if you know, and even if you wanted to, you couldn't. But but could you, or would you say that if you went around your parents and did the thing or got the thing that they didn't want you to have secretly, if they found out, then there would be a lot of cost. costs to pay for. Yeah. But so could you also tie in sin with that, like the act of, or it could be considered a sin in this way we're talking about it to do that? I think it's worth being open-minded enough to look at it that way. Uh, and like I said, I'm not laying down any laws here. I'm helping with just a perception and how to shift a perception. And that's similar to the way that I've chosen over the last 25 years to approach that, that any time I'm <laughs> upset in this life, I look at myself as a child and I go, hey, there's so much to be grateful for. Just because you're not getting this one thing, you're going to let that ruin your day. I mean, these are these are literally conversations that I have with myself because these are the conversations I had with my kids when I was raising them, the exact conversations. And so I have those exact conversations with myself, and I su- support others to do that as well. Consciousness is learn through how we manage and optimally support children and how we do that if we would do that to ourselves then that's what uh this whole philosophy is is based around so so you don't have to look at it as punishment i don't like looking as there's this punishing uh, deity uh, whatever you want to call that and if you do wrong you get punished i do choose to look at it as more of a cost no i have an understanding that if i want to gain something then by laws of physics there's something that i have to give up to gain that there are people that are trying to challenge that in some of the new age ways of looking at things and that is fine but what nature has proven to me and what this whole philosophy is based off of is how things operate on this plane what to what seems to me on every level on every level and that's why friction doesn't have to be anything negative there doesn't have to be good and bad as as one's better than the other they're just both necessary so it helps to take judgment out of it so in that view of that sin being the cost that's all it is is that if i go way over here just like if i if i choose to drink 10 alcoholic beverages then by now, at the age that I am, I accept the cost that I'm probably going to suffer the next day. And then I make that so-called conscious decision. Earlier in life, you didn't know that how you're going to feel the next day. And that's part of the learning curve. But consciousness is about being able to make that clear decision with as much information as you have. So using it in that way can help you stay on track. That if I start feeling too much resistance or too much cost, maybe I need to pause and realize, hey, do I need to get closer to a center over here that I've got kind of way away from? So just take an internal check of, hey, what are my intentions? What is my directions that I have set? And have I gotten way off course? Because maybe that's just life trying to guide me back. So that is kind of connecting that whole idea of cost and sin. Yeah. And you could say uh, guiding you back to where you're supported, and so we can also bring in bring back in support. So the more you go away from where the universe is currently supporting you, then that could be considered a sin, and then does have a cost with it. I'm just I'm just fascinated by it because it does kind of reflect what we've been taught in a religious perspective, and that cost doesn't have to be immediate. It could be down the road. It, sure. it all depends on the situation. Yes, and sometimes, you know, the cost might be some type of so-called accident that happens, and then the person gets bedridden because they wouldn't take a break from work. You know, anytime you're in life and you're hearing a message come from many different directions, really, really pay attention to that because Normally, that is source trying to help guide us. We are, we do have helpers. We do have guides that give things in subtle ways, and we we do talk about that those tools, you know, as well. Whether it's through animals, you know, there's animal speaks that that talks to whether it's numbers, uh, whether it's planetary. But we have a lot of 
message highways for those that are looking for those. It doesn't have to be proven. I don't need to prove my tools to anyone, but I can't and I don't want to imagine a life without any of those tools to be able to ask questions, to get confirmations from. And a lot of people don't have those. So, uh, so yeah, I think that uh, just softening that view from a punishment to just maybe a redirecting and that even when you get bedridden or even with this, uh, the coronavirus that we're going through and the social isolation, see, all of that can be as good or as challenging as, once again, you choose it to be. And if it is being a struggle and you carrying a lot of resistance, then realize that your perception, changing your perception can change your experience. The external situation doesn't even have to change. So this is more than just positive thinking. This is actually choosing to completely perceive it logically from just a different view. And an example that I'll give with that is comparing that purple is just a shade of red and a shade of blue. And so all three of those answers are right, but many people would fight over or argue over two people see a color such as purple and one call it purple and one call it a shade of red. Yeah, and you were talking about um, getting off from your life path and it could lead to an accident. I, I just read this story about this woman who who was going to leave her husband and for somebody new and like the day before this happened, she got in a car accident and then woke up to her husband taking care of her and she fell in love with him all over again. All over again, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff happens very often. I knew a lady that uh, worked with many years ago that was talking about leaving her husband and had made the decision of somebody else involved and then she got a DUI and it, very similar. He, He came in, he was so supportive and they're still together. So that's why, you know, so-called um, accidents or incidents, it is still down to our perception because almost always when you can look back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and when we can look at something after, um, I like to say after seven years is a complete healing cycle on the physical plane. But, you know, look back at something seven to ten years, we normally see it very, very differently than when we were going through it. And that's what... Time brings that wisdom if you are willing to uh, look for it. So I kind of wanted to bring in steps, and, and I've kind of outlined how I've done it, but I want you to come in and clarify uh, anything. So when I decided to establish a priority or establish an, an intention and make it a priority, I had to become aware of what I even wanted first Sure, and and know that this feels like it's for my highest good and the direction I want to go. So I'm not sure where, like, if you have, like, impure intentions, I'm not sure if those would even be supported, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I feel like it was for my highest good. And also I saw in my cards that there was support there Mm -hmm. and in it being a goal of mine. And then I had to clearly outline, to the best of my knowledge at that point, what it is I had to do and what energies I had to focus on, what I had to become aware of within myself. And then every day, make decisions based on that intention. Does it support this intention? Mm-hmm. If it's yes, then I, then I make that decision. If it's no, then I need to have a serious discussion with myself and be like, are you serious about this intention? Right. And, and it so, becomes a filtration system. Exactly, exactly. And that, that is the biggest point I wanted to make here is that just establishing that system within yourself, if this intention is really that important, then you have to filter. Yeah, yeah, you you do, and you have to do it daily. And uh, for people that are serious, like multiple times daily. So, you know, very similar in the past, I've set alarms on my phone like three times a day to just bring me back to center or what my intention is like no matter what I'm doing just a little ding to go off or a certain song to go off to just remind me to take a few minutes to remember what's important remember what's important 
because it's so easy to get lost into everyday things and get wrapped up in people's dramas and all this, and you don't have to. (laughs) And when you stay so-called focused or keep your intention clear in your mind's eye, you can run that filtration system and just go, "Uh, is this conversation going to move me toward what I'm looking for or away from it? And it can become clear really, really quick of whether to engage or not. And some of us need those reminders because we're habitual supporters. Uh, We're just, uh, some people are just good friends in that way and doesn't want to offend anyone. But see, the more that you talk about your intention and the more that you inform people around you of like, hey, this is really important to me. So if I don't ever take your call or ever seem rushed, please don't take it personal. This is what's happening. So informing is another big step of not dealing with so much of the cost. But as you said, those steps of the awareness, then the willingness to, to filter and to, to stay focused, all of these things are, are, you know, are very important and, like you said, can be just absolutely life-changing. And we can also bring back in the term discipline takes – uh, a lot of discipline to to do this, especially if you're just starting out yeah, and, and that's, you're not used to it. And that's where those little reminders, uh, you know, I, I urge people to really utilize because discipline doesn't have to be something that's negative. Discipline can be like just a reminder. So please, any words that like make your skin crawl, people, or anything, words that you have resistance to, be willing to use synonyms. Realize that we all create trigger words and they interrupt the information from coming in correctly or clearly. You have the right to replace those trigger words. And so that's what I'm doing here through this podcast is saying, well, we can use this word, but I kind of like this word better. And that's for our palate, just like we have foods that we like. Don't let the words that are coming in be so powerful to create your triggers. Learn to replace those words with synonyms. It helps a lot. So, you know, rather than punishment for me, cost is just something very logical that I can accept that everything has a cost. So see, there's no negativity connected to that. But when I hear the word punishment, there is negativity connected to that in just my view. So anytime the word punishment comes around me, see, I just replace that with cost. Oh, this is just the cost of that action. And for me, that makes it much more palatable, much more easy to process and to get back to what I need to learn from this situation. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that because punishment, you know, just kind of is that association that I've built with being brought up Catholic. And it's like almost like a force thing, authority forcing something on you where cost is just like the polarity. You know, yes. and, and, you know, here's another place that I'll bring this saying in that, you know, this is one of those life changing moments for me when I got an, a saying that I use for a long time, that if I say or do anything that rubs you, Aaron, or you listeners the wrong way in any way, shape or form, I can promise you that something has been misconstrued. Because that is never, ever, ever, and I, I do my best not to speak in absolutes, but I will here. It's never my intention to hurt anyone's feelings. But I accept that the words in the English language have a lot of associations and different associations for different people. And this is, once again, part of the polarity view. And so if I do use a word that offends you in any way, If you will contact me, I can clear that up and we can always find a synonym, a word that we both can be comfortable with. Because remember, people, it's about the information getting transferred, not the words. And the word choice is what most people are getting so upset about is the word choice. And so my plea here is in part of this uh, sharing in this podcast is that you get more interested in what people are attempting to convey to you rather than the words that they are choosing to convey that information. Remember, conscious communication is 75% energy transference and 25% words. And we give have a tendency to give so much power to the words rather than what the person is really trying to convey. 
Now, there was a tool we introduced in an earlier podcast episode called the six priorities of relationships. And I just wanted to give this uh, honorable mention here where it allowed people to become clear on where their energy was going, how they prioritize energy within their relationship so that they could clearly see how their partner also prioritizes their their energy and some possible arguments that that have been made in the past you can now see clearly that maybe you could see that your partner was prioritizing career or their their work sometimes over over their family or over you yeah. and if you did this exercise with them and you saw that they prioritized their career over some of these other things, then you, it kind of is taken out of duality, I guess, or a frictional state. And, and you can come more into understanding that this is how they have been prioritizing. And then you can have a conversation about it, but at least you're coming from a, a more of a neutral perspective at understanding that person. Yeah, yeah, rather than just where most people operating out of just ignorance. And most people don't, even take the time to ask themselves, why am I in a relationship? What am I getting out of this? You know, what's the, what's the point? And then, you know, what relationships are most important? Is my relationship to my job more important than my relationship to my wife? Well, see, once again, we need to be honest with ourselves. If it is, then you, you need to be able to own that and communicate that with your partner. And then they have the right whether to accept that or not. But this is a more conscious way of uh, approaching it rather than letting the fighting and the bickering and really not knowing why all of that's going on. Feel free to go ahead and list out those uh, six, the six priorities. So it was self, source, or God. And then we had the relationship. Intimate relationship. Yep. Family, children, career, and hobbies. Yeah, or social. anything you do fun. Yeah. yeah. So I would urge people to, I mean, it's a really fun activity and uh, it would be fun if you you and your partner wanted to listen to it together and do the exercise. Uh, Alexander and I uh, go over how we currently viewed at that moment in time our six priorities within uh, how we prioritize our energy. But I did want to bring in something kind of cool that Alexander has been working on and I've been enjoying pondering it over uh, for some time and he has mentioned this in past episodes but now I feel like I feel like we kind of want to bring it in and in more of a um, uh, a conscious and, and more of a clear a clear way which is I don't even know what you're calling it Alexander is it roles in yeah, relationships I think we're, you know at this point we're going to call it roles in relationships and we're all playing some type of role typically and that's either consciously or so-called unconscious or subconscious. And, you know, I've really worked to break these down to just um, four different ones. And there are subcategories, and I'm sure uh, the listeners will come up and, you know, say, well, what about this or what about this? And, you know, I think they all fall under kind of these four somehow. And we are offering both a so-called masculine energy side and a feminine energy side of each one of these. So really consider as I go through this list, like if you show up to a situation or person, what order that you really go through these four so-called steps. One of them is the nurturer or the entertainer. The second one is the helper or the provider. The third one is the inspirer or the teacher. And then the fourth one is the savior or the protector. Each one of those have two parts. And so breaking that down to me, myself, I'm going to simplify it to say that I normally show up to a situation to be the protector first. As soon as I come to a, a challenging situation, I want to make sure that everyone involved is safe. And then the next step was typically the teacher, that I wanted to make sure that in that situation, the person that is going through something understands as fully as they can in that moment what is going on and how to uh, better the situation. And then I immediately go into 
the so-called nurturer. And then the provider would typically be my last uh, in those four, uh, arranging those. So do you care to give a, a just spontaneous order for yourself? Sure, yeah. I think, I think since I've been pondering this, I would say that I show up as the provider. And even, even when you were mentioning yours, I was like running through scenarios in my head where, where if it was even a, an emergency situation, I feel like I would be asking, is there anything I can get you? Or, right. you know, stuff like yes. that. Um, so provider. And then I think I'm going to change my previous mention on a previous podcast. I think I might be more a nurturer, which would be on the feminine side. Mm-hmm. Um, as second, and then uh, a teacher, third. Right. And then what is the last one? Uh, well, protector. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, th- these are, once again, we've generalized these to make the ease of uh, putting them in order. But as you do this exercise, you really can see in depth how you truly function on a, a very deep level. And there are no wrong answers in this. There's none that are better than the others. There's no order that is optimal because this is really about relating. And see, if if I go to a person in, in, in an intimate relationship where they just don't want any kind of protection, that they may take uh, it as jealousy. Uh, they, see, all of these traits can be misconstrued as well. See, there's going to be just a, every time we go through some type of emergency or something like that, what I am just ingrained to do right away is resisted. And so that's not them being wrong and me being right. But this is why a more conscious relationship understands that the natural roles that we play when we are with someone that enjoys receiving those roles in that order, that's an optimal relationship. And the beautiful thing about this as well is that once you understand these roles, you can adjust them. And I just went through uh, recently over the past couple of years really working to adjust and change these roles around and see what feels better to me because I'm always looking to challenge myself and not just do things from an automaton standpoint. And that by no means is what this is because I've proven that you can change the order And then this is what some people do to please people unconsciously or subconsciously, please their mates, but it has a deteriorating effect over a long period of time. Because if we're, even if we're not showing the resistance outside, if we're carrying it inside, it's like a depleting process. Yeah. And and I think about, you know, if I'm in an intimate relationship, I would like them to appreciate like me going out and chopping wood to keep us both warm yes. and like like that because if if that's not appreciated then rather than just expect it it's oh not definitely appreciated. yeah definitely yeah. not just expect it yeah so if, yeah if there's if there's that level of appreciation and i feel like it also creates some worth there like they they look at you as having some worth in their life some value yes yes and you know some people that show up to be the nurturer first many times they can be guilty of being the enablers it's such a, a challenging thing to deal with because that nurturing energy is so beautiful. But normally, and once again, whatever you show up as first, you should really pay attention to make sure that that's not just an automaton action. And so that me seeing that I show up to be the protector first, you know, I'm able to buffer that by trusting, first off, that everybody's path is being divinely guided and that... I trust that if I'm here to make a difference, I will be guided in how to do that. And otherwise, it's probably none of my business to play a more supportive role. And I do feel like we're guided in those situations, uh, typically. And when we can be in those situations in a more conscious state, I think we'll just be more, of course, useful. And I think this is what happens to people when they just respond in emergency situations and they get so much praise and they really can't even receive it because they don't even remember making decisions to do that. And that's why whatever your first role is, you could be in an emergency situation and play that role flawlessly because it's almost automatic and it amazes other people, but it really wasn't anything like special for you. And I see this happen uh, many, many times, and especially since I've been breaking this down as the, the roles in relationships. 
I also feel like there might be an element of not that you would change these up to please somebody, but based on the energy in the relationship, they may change. They may switch up. Like sure. on, on, I mean, on a natural could, uh, Yeah, base. it could organically uh, like shift because like even once again, I'm just using myself for example here as with that protector because see, I enjoy the nurturer role the most, but I need to know that my people are safe and maybe that comes from me going through so much death in my life, you know, and then I, then I feel more comforted when I know that they know what not to do now to go through that again or what to do. Uh, that they have the information that's needed to affect change. And then I want to go into that coddling. But see, if I work with somebody for many years and that protective mechanism of, of them calling me when they're leaving somewhere so I know to look out for them in 30 minutes to be home, something like that. See, one person can take that as they're being checked up on as a jealousy thing when it's really not that. It's a communication thing. And see, my I don't have to play that protective role so much when the other person is such a good partner that it just happens so flawlessly. Then it allows me to go to that second one faster, quicker than the third one and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's more of that organic processing that you're talking about. So I know I said earlier that my intention for this episode was to talk about these things in more of a general sense, but it seems like we just talked about all relationships so maybe maybe i need to reconsider the title of this one to be uh something related to relationships and uh, and i'll go through that process and figure that out but so in closing i wanted to uh offer the people out there the listeners to maybe go through this this new process um also go back to the six priorities in relationships but maybe try this this um we'll call it the four roles in relationships uh try it out for yourself and maybe Alexander, you can read them again in case the people missed it so they don't need to rewind back. Um, but but try it out and maybe even have your partner do it as well and, uh, and see what new stuff, new information you can come up with. Yeah, so I'm going to just give uh, one of the words to try to simplify it rather than the masculine and the feminine. I'll just give one. So one is being the protector. Two is being the teacher. Three is being the provider. And four is being the nurturer. So work with those four and just know that they, I think that's three masculines and one feminine, uh, that they all four have uh, a counterpart as well. But try to work with that and just be honest with yourself as to the order of those. Again, do you show up to be protector, teacher, provider, or nurturer, what order of those four would you put those in? And then share that with your your intimate partner or maybe your siblings or friends, and it can generate a nice conversation because, once again, nobody is right and nobody is better. It doesn't matter what the order is. It's just how you relate with others. So, like, people that work as first responders, you know, when their partner when they carry that protector mechanism and their partner carries that too right off the bat, then they're going to be very good partners in their work that they do. But it's hard for a first responder to have other things that come before that protector. And this is the thing about people taking jobs that isn't in their like natural inclination to be able to do. It doesn't mean they can't do it. But just like I had a nephew that was a nurse and he is an incredible nurse, but I happen to feel that he cared too much to be just a typical Western nurse. And after a few conversations with him, he shifted his direction and got into more of like helping assisted living people and um, uh, damaged or uh, children that have limitations. And he was able to fulfill his heart of being that, that caretaker so much more in depth than working in an emergency room. So sometimes we just need to make these subtle adjustments. And sometimes in a job, it's worth a little financial adjustment to get more in alignment with you know, what you're being supported to be. So I want to remind everybody that we do offer a uh, live stream, a question and answer live stream with Alexander and myself 
on the off weeks of releasing the podcast. So approximately a week after this episode comes out, if you have any questions or if you want to share what roles and what order that, that you've come up with or any re- revelations that you've had with your partner around any of this information, please join us there on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you. We had a great turnout for our Q&A live stream on the tools, the de- uh, tools of de- development and how we utilize them in self-development. So um, just looking forward to more of those questions and conversation. Yes, and thank you guys so much once again for all of your financial donations, your your likes, your views. Uh, we need more of all of those. So any of you that can log on to iTunes and give us a review would mean a lot. And liking our Facebook page uh, goes a long way as well. So, um, so team up with us any way that you can. We appreciate all of you, and it's an honor to be here for you and with you. And now stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results.
The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y dot com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verities Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment and sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.